0: I'm spinning in circles and talking to myself Spinning in circles and talking to myself Welcome to a new spin on autism Answers with host and international speaker and performer, Lynette Louise Besides working on her doctorate in psychophysiology, Lynette has raised eight children, six adopted, and four of them falling somewhere on the autism spectrum. Laugh with her, cry with her, as she talks to both experts and parents, and takes you through the often confusing, sometimes frustrating, sometimes overwhelming, but always fascinating world of autism.
1: Hello and welcome. This is a new spin on Autism Answers. I am Lynette Louise, your story teacher host. Otherwise known as the Brain Broad. I don't know, I just felt like saying it that way today because today I'm going to, we are going to shock your socks off. Now I say that because you're probably used to listening to my show. I hope, I hope, I hope. And if you are, you know I'm always like kind of going, oh, everything is beautiful. In its own way, well, in its own way is a pretty big stretch sometimes, and if you're a parent and you're coping with this, sometimes everything sucks. <laughs> so, when I was raising my kids, I have to tell you, I never found a single professional that could help me. I spent a lot of time trying, a lot of time thinking it must be me, it their way, and then undoing the damage done. So, I thought just to be like everybody else, we would try a bitch fest. Okay, I did say it. I said the B word. I apologize. From now on, we'll call it a witch fest. And remember that we usually have okay, okay, the great guest giveaway? I don't think so. We're going to be giving away all kinds of angst. Today, uh, today we're just gonna chat and complain, and it's me and Jody Daniel, and we are just gonna talk about how we feel, and then at the end of that, I'll just try and put it all together. So we need a question. Question of the day: Can just getting together and kvetching make a difference? Let's find out. Hey, Jody, what's up?
0: Hi, Lynette. Thanks for <laughs> having me on.
1: <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for go- it's, I have to give them the backstory is that um Jody was uh one of my fix it in fivers and so I've been to her home and worked with her son and I know her really well and she's come out here and we would become friends and and so she was been doing a bunch of things, raised some money, uh went to a doctor to get some help, tried some new meds, did an EEG, and so she was texting me and she was just fed up <laughs> and I said Oh, I'm never done fed up. Let's record it. <laughs> so, so I gotta say, Jody, thank you for saying yes to that because you know, I mean, it was so spur of the moment. So tell them all about your fed up.
0: Well, um, <clears throat> so um, my son is 15 years old. He is was diagnosed with autism when he was two, and I I'm fed up because, like you. I have listened to a lot of experts and doctors and professionals and yet still feel very lost at times, um, when it comes to answers. And, you know, I, you know me well now and know that, um, you know, I'm a loving mother and I care a lot about my son and I want to do the things that are, I'm supposed to do, but it's very hard, uh, figuring it out. And um, I'm frustrated. I, I know
1: something else about you, something similar to me. So, you know, there's this thing we do on Facebook and all the different social media. And some people use those, um, those posts as a way of, you know, getting rid of their feelings or or whatever it is they want to do or just saying something to another family member. And what I see you doing is trying to speak to yourself and to the universe and, and manifest beauty and awesome things and good health. And um, you're constantly posting in that kind of vein as am I, always trying to, you know, reach to the next level and make it more perfect and make it more beautiful. And so sometimes when we're doing that, people go, oh, yeah, but she's always happy. Nothing ever goes wrong.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, (laughs) (laughs) no, as a matter of fact, I, I actually like to keep it real. And sometimes I do, as you know, post about, the the really negative behaviors and the things that are really scary because I do believe that so many of us are living in these experiences where our children can be very aggressive and we beat ourselves up about it and so we're so ashamed to talk about it and we're so afraid that if somebody knows that these things are going on, that we're going to be shamed and deduced down into a lesser of a mother or a lesser of a person or father. And I personally believe that many of us are experiencing this, but I feel like each of us feel like it's just us. We're the only ones alone in this whole entire world, even though my child, you know, won't stop opening and closing the refrigerator or my child wants to put their head through the wall. Or my son is pinching me and I can't bring him to church anymore because now he's so disrupted during the congregation um, sermon that I no longer, you know, feel comfortable bringing him around other people. And I think what, what happened to me is that as I would work with behaviorists, they made me feel like my situation was the worst one they'd ever seen. And it made me feel terrible. Um, in the sense that I, nev- I never felt like I, was, I belonged anywhere because my situation was the worst anyone had ever seen. And then I started reaching out on Facebook and in other ways and being real about how terrible it can actually be and realizing that, that I'm not alone and that there's a, a huge actual population of families who, you know, isolate themselves um because they don't know where to go to get the help. And so it kind of brings us into the other part about this, this discussion today, which is, you know, listening to experts. Where do we go to get help? You know, being frustrated, bitching it out, but at the same time trying to go back to a positive place of reference and help my son from that space versus the painful place of when uh, the behaviors are happening, and just learning how to find um, the balance uh, in a life where that consists of such crazy moments of of terror and fear, and then back to love and, and happiness.
1: You know, and um, what I found it's it was sort of like grieving in the sense that if I trying not to grieve when somebody I love dies, if I try not to grieve and I try not to give it that space because I feel like, oh, come on, Lynette, get over it. You can move on. You can move on. And I don't give it the space it needs that, that I, I actually don't get back to a positive place and find answers as easily. And when I was doing this process, when I was Raising my kids, and I was constantly going, Wait a minute, don't see them as negative. Don't, you can't be the one who knows everything. They must know what they're talking about. They're educated. And, you know, at that time I wasn't. I got educated because of the issues. And, and so I, I kept on doubting my own ability to say, This is
0: crap.
1: This is not working. This is crap. And then I would give over my power. And say, okay, you must know you have a degree, or you know, you're a principal, or a teacher, or a therapist, or you're telling me he'll never talk, or you know, whatever it is. Right. And And I every time I gave over my power, I'd have this horrible feeling.
0: Oh and I think yeah. it was
1: because yeah, because I wouldn't. Take the time to just say this
0: is crap.
1: So come on, Jody. That's what you were saying earlier. Let's do it. Let's do it together. This is crap.
0: This is crap. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not accepting this ball, and I refuse to accept that. You know, these professionals. That's the problem, though. And I feel so many of us as parents are so lost because. We really do want to do the right thing for our children and we're listening to people but now that my son is 15 years old you know I've been listening a long time and I I don't feel that there's any mm, I don't feel there's any place to go anymore honestly um of all of the people and the places that we've gone to we've seen Dan doctors we've seen Stanford doctors we've seen University of California doctors, and, you know, they've all told me that I should just institutionalize my son, but mind you, even going the very complete opposite end of the spectrum when you're dealing with autism therapies, you've got, you know, many different schools and communities of thought. And so, um, you know, I've tried them all, wanting to see my son be successful with behaviors, And I, um, you know, ultimately the best thing that ever happened to us was you, Lynette, which was, (laughs) uh, which was the introduction to neurofeedback. And just to, um, let you know, today we were at Stanford, um, in their neurology department. And I don't want to really speak negatively as a whole about them because I'm sure that they're doing wonderful things for some people, but it was very discouraging for me, uh, I'd never, ever even heard of narrow feedback, you know, and we're talking Stanford. We're talking, when you walk into this place, you feel like you've arrived at the best medical treatment and the best care that could possibly exist. Well, she was terrified of my son. She didn't want to get near my son. I was already in tears practically, you know, stuffing the tears back as we waited for basically her to tell me that. I should institutionalize them. And then she, the thing that made me so upset is that you expect these people to know what autism is, what a child is dealing with, and you go see these people and you're dealing with children with behaviors and they're terrified of your child. I I don't understand that. I don't understand how any mother, any family can feel comforted that When you take your child to get answers, the doctor actually shames and blames you into feeling bad about the parenting or the child's behaviors. This has happened to me on numerous, numerous occasions, and you can't help but leave feeling awful that you're a terrible mother and you don't know where to go. And,
1: you know... It's ridiculous because if you're going to open your door to the population, that's like saying I'm going to, I'm going to treat a bunch of let's let's get out of human beings altogether. Let's go to I don't know. Let's say I'm going to treat um, uh, wolverines. I am I'm going to be a vet who specializes in wolverines, and I'm going to open up a building for wolverines, and I'm going to open my door to wolverines, but I'm scared of them. <laughs>
0: Right. right, exactly. It's kind of
1: ridiculous Gillis' choice, isn't it? Okay, so yeah. um, <laughs> you are listening to a new spin on autism, and we are spinning it today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am Lynette Louise, your story teacher host. Otherwise known as the brain broad. And today is just a day for kvetching. So those of you who really (laughs) want to just sit there and go, yeah, yeah, I meditale and I'm not going to take it anymore. You can go ahead and say that with us because we're going to do it. Um, And then we're going to see if we can make some sense out of it. So one of the things that that interested me, okay, he didn't know, I'm sorry, your your doctor in Stanford did not know about neurofeedback, which is ridiculous because they do take it
0: in medical school. And she's a neurologist. I I know, I know. I mean, if she was a urologist, I might say, oh, that makes sense. But a brain doctor who doesn't know of a very savvy brain therapy puzzles me.
1: Yes. And what what about the fact that there's nothing wrong with his brain, so you should institutionalize him? See, I heard this too. And I remember taking my son to a doctor and they had a look at him and they said, Well there's nothing wrong with his brain and I I said, Um, yeah, look at him <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Clearly something's wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, lots isn't working. <laughs> Same thing happened today. Xavier nearly put his head through the window at the hospital and um but nothing's wrong with his brain either. He's fine 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 and i said really cuz i've never i don't see people typically bash their head into walls when their brains are, are working optimally <laughs> right i know and and in all fairness
1: to zay so let's give a little background here that that might help people because He, I was so proud of him. I mean, it was so scary for him the first time I put a wire on his head, and yet for her to go and get the test results, that meant that he sat really nicely, and had a full cap assessment with all kinds of stuff on his head. And he was, and if the pictures weren't lying, he was real calm and real accepting. And it was an awesome situation.
0: Is that correct? It is correct. So what? It is. It is correct. I mean, yeah, I just, I want to interject that this is what's really hard for autism moms and dads is that, you know, you'll have a child who is just, you know, feeling good in their body, they're very compliant, very happy, you know, their behaviors aren't really there because they're actually experiencing, you know, optimal whatever, health, joy, experiencing whatever. For whatever reason, in these moments, they're feeling good. And then we have those moments where... And what's very scary to me is that, for example, this doctor today had never seen Xavier before. And so all they saw was that. And so, you know, me trying to convince them that he's not like this all the time really sounded like I was a quack. It made me sound like I... You know, the, or at least that's how I felt when I was trying to explain to them how I just took Xavier to Irvine, Knott's Berry Farm, he saw a new doctor, new hotel, not one behavior, you know, nothing. Um, and, and like, I almost feel like they don't believe me. You know, they don't believe me that when I tell them that this is not Normal. Help me. My son's hitting his head against the wall. He has frontal lobe something. I don't know what's wrong. Fix it. They they don't, I feel like they just don't believe that he's ever normal. They, I think that they just think, oh, this is a monster. Let's do something about the monster. Right, you know what I mean? What-
1: Yes, I do. And I don't think they know the degree to which they contribute to it either. Because if he went through all that other stuff, I saw the the nurse that was working with him to get the EEG. And, you know, it's really about the people. And this is where you always have to land when you're working with folk is go – You know, it's like let them meet my kid, and if my kid is comfortable with them, they already get a gold star because she probably was leading with her fear and maybe her staff was and her environment was, and he's going to pick up like crazy. And then you're probably a little nervous because you're you're about to get the results and you're thinking, you know, there's that that big, huge hope of they're going to find this one thing that they can tweak You know, and and we're kind of, we're full. I remember one time they had secretin had just come out and everybody thought secretin was going to cure autism and I was driving my son to have his first secretin um, injection and and I couldn't get there because I kept being, I was so stressed by the possibility (laughs) that he'd walk out out of there normal that I couldn't drive. I'm like going in circles (laughs) and going really slow and my daughter's like, it's okay to get there right? So, yes. And, yeah.
0: and so we're so in a, we're in a with state.
1: That. Yeah. And they got to know that we're in a state and we're contributing and we're full of hope and fear. And, um, and this should be something that everybody's aware of, but instead they're not.
0: Well, and that, and that leads me to my next little bitch session, <laughs> which session, um, it's, When I thought about what I wanted to say tonight when you told me that we were going to talk and have a discussion about these things, um, you know, it really made me reflect on all these years of taking care of Xavier. And um, what I've really come to discover that Xavier is a spiritual person. He is a human being. I have to treat him like that. And I just don't see us... Pause to really get to know people. Like when I've taken my son to different autism schools, uh, I I've got to tell you, like I don't feel that the professionals that work with kids with autism use these opportunities like to really connect with the person that's inside the body. Instead, we're just driven by the ABA and driven by the. The damn doctor protocol, and part of me knows that there are people who are coming from a really good place, and I really do believe that there are people coming from a really good place who are affiliated with these types of doctors. But I will say that nobody in our situation who needs help as badly as we do should have to pay cash. For medical doctors when they have health insurance. But like, why don't they? Do you have the answer?
1: Um, well, you know, I, I don't have the answer, and it's a really good question. Maybe we should put it out there because, um, I mean, I don't take medical insurance. I'll tell you why I don't, because I could. And I don't because then I have to do it the way they want it done. Now that's right. not the case for the Dan doctors. Like, I know that the way that I do it is very effective and, and people improve and I don't want that messed with and I don't want to be forced to do protocols that are crap just to satisfy uh-huh. due diligence. Um, I
0: think that's different to be quite honest. It, no, I would, that's, where, that's where
1: I'm going. It's very different because Dan doctors are supposedly all doing it according to the Dan protocol. If that's the case, then the protocol already exists. And they should be taking medical insurance.
0: Yeah, not only that, if you go to a place like Stanford, I mean, they don't even... They're not even talking diet. The lady didn't ask me what is AA. She doesn't... I mean, like, she actually told me Gabba was very bad for Xavier. And it's the one supplement he's done very well. As a matter of fact, I think that's why he was so successful on the trip because I kept feeding him GABA the whole fucking time. And, um... The GABA is just, like, what I do is I give it to him because it's chewable before he gets into a situation that could be stressful, and, like, it seems to be helping. Like, we go to his dad, there's the cat. You know, I give him a little GABA before so that on, the, on, on our way over the bridge, I have him take a couple chewable GABAs, and I have found that his stress level reduces. But here we have a neurologist telling me, like, that's a waste of your money. So my point is, is you know, I, I don't believe in any of it anymore. I feel like we have to use our own innate... Information in order to find out what our children need. You know what? If GABA is
1: working, then GABA is working. In, at the right. end of the day, if it's working, it's working. It could be working from a placebo effect. It could be working because you feel like it's working, so your energy changes, and then his he goes, "Oh, it must be working." She feels better. Right, right, better, right, no. right, right. I don't care. Totally. I don't care. Well, in fact, when they, you when you f when the right. FDA test this stuff, honey. The meds are hardly better than placebo. So placebo is a very real medical phenomenon. It's Oh you to use
0: that. totally. Right. I know. Bruce Lipton talks about like why it's not further investigated in medical schools as as a form of therapy. Like really, 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 it's such a powerful, powerful therapy. And but what I was going to say too, well, because beliefs beliefs shift our cellular response. Right. Right. But um. What I was going to say to you, too, is that's what I took home today, was I don't really need to test for this stuff. I just need a treat, and if it fucking helps, then... We
1: are going to shock your socks off because my guest needs to be bleeped, and I don't have a bleeper. So if you got little kids in the room, send them away. It's worth listening, but you don't want to hear the you-know-what word.
0: Bitch, bitch, bitch. But... <laughs> I'm not gonna put Xavier through all this blood draws and all this stuff. You know, we go and we go and we do and we do, but we don't ever get to know who the child is. If there was one thing that I wish we could all just do and change about the the from the beginning of the diagnosis just to the rat race or the rat the race of getting your child fixed, is that we would just stop to see them as the beings that they are, communicate with them where they're at and, you know, raise the bar every day. But I have found that that is the the therapy, the therapy that works the best. I mean, diet is great. Supplements are great. I really do think all of that matters. But the most critical and important thing for me is treating my son like he understands everything that's going on around him. Modifying things when he needs them, modified so that he can understand even more, and um, just helping him know that he's not broken he's okay the way he is um, you know a lot of a lot of what what's really negative, I think too is that For me in my situation is that I've just been looking for answers and looking for answers and some of the messages that I may have given my son is that you're broken and that you need fixing and um, I think that 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 is not uncommon and I just want to say to other parents who are kind of going crazy trying to look for answers, if you just slow down and enjoy your child a little more. And slow down and realize that even in their behaviors, your child is there and that you can connect with them in these ways. And for me, that's just the most critical part of raising a child with autism is seeing them as an individual spirit um, and, and not always seeing them as an autistic label or seeing them as somebody who needs help, you know?
1: Yeah, well, I absolutely know. And in fact, um, to make it specific for people, because most people, when you say that, they say, well, I do see my son that way. I do see my student that way. I do see my patient that way. And they, and then I say, okay, um, do you believe they can't learn until you get compliance? And if the answer is yes, then I'd have to say, no, you don't see them that way. If you believe they can't uh, love or embrace or have a social relationship until you get compliance or until you get these behaviors under control, then that means that you believe the behaviors are between you and a human being. Right. And there's already a human being who has behaviors. And it's so different, it's so different, you will be completely blown away by what it is to act as if and then simplify. So you act as if and then voila, there they are. <laughs> act as if they're there and you go, Oh my gosh, they you are <laughs> right? And then you simplify it to make sure they understand. I like the way you explained it. Um, so all right, so we bitched, bitch, 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 bitch. You've just gone on this whole uh series of things. It happens a lot where kids start to get a little better, things get a little more organized, and then the family gets a bit of energy, and then they get really proactive. This is a really common sort of story, so if it doesn't fit, go ahead and throw it out, but I'm going to give it to people anyway in case it fits someone else. So it's real common to be struggling, 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 and you're just reaching at straws, and you can be in that place forever. But even if you do find something that starts to work and some, some, you know, peace settles into the house and learning is starting to happen, well, that rejuvenates you as a parent. And you tend to then go, wow, just imagine if I added this and added this and added this. And that's when you start running around trying a lot of different things, maybe some medicines, maybe some new tests, maybe some new therapies. Um, just, uh, that you know, when when Jody said slow down, I'm going to, I'm going to, Get right beside her on that because that's a trouble area. That moment when you go, wow, now that I have energy, let's really throw stuff at the child. That's the moment when you should say, now that I have some energy, let's really do stuff together. Mm
0: -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if you do,
1: yeah, if you do that, you won't keep disturbing their metabolism with all these new things you're trying and all these new approaches and then your hopes and then your dashed hopes and then your hopes and then your dashed hopes, right? Instead, yeah. you'll be building. You'll be building this relationship, and it'll get better, better, better. So whether that fits you or not, Jody, we have to give them some answers. Well, it
0: totally fits, and I will say that even the neurologist today, um, actually said that too. She said because, you know, at the time, I mean, it's funny, you know us and you know the situation and, and I know you know families that go through this pattern. Um, that's exactly what happened. Xavier was doing great. And, um, you know, I I felt like I wanted more. I want more. I want even, you know, an even better kid. And, um so I pushed to put him on this other medication that that really brought back a lot of aggression. I wish I would have just left it alone, continued with neurofeedback, and just um, I'm moving back to a clean diet and neurofeedback. So I'm forgiving myself because I see that you know within this is the lesson of 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 learning how to um move beyond this uh pattern because it's it's I'm sure other people do this, and I think as a as a parent that's all we want. we want our kids to do better and better and better, and we want more and more and more, yeah, so I think I need to slow down there and just learn from this um it's not to be complacent or apathetic, but to enjoy my child where they're at. And um and absolutely is a lot more fun going to do play things and fun things that he's interested in than it is going to keep looking for answers when you already have them, I guess. Yeah that's what I wanted to hear you say
1: <laughs> And I don't even know if we can use any of this because it sounds to me like your voice is coming very staticky and muffled. But that's where I wanted to get you whether we whether we use this show or not. I hope <laughs> we do. I hope so because I think, i got to tell you, I've seen it and seen it and seen it. And it is really common when, if you remember when I met you, I mean it was just so difficult and the schools were so difficult and all these things. And then it was just sort of pull away from everything and take a rest. Once you rejuvenate, then, yeah, you get, you get all this energy and you just want to go out and really, you know, fix the world, fix it all. And and it's really something to caution people about because it happens in every home, every home right. that right. I go into. I'm it. sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, so it's a really valid point, and, um, and I'm glad you came to it on your own. With Thanks,
0: Lynette. You're welcome. Well, you're amazing <laughs> helping me and our family get to where we need to be. So I'm really grateful for you and, and uh, you know, and, and what you do for everyone. But I do want to say that, you know, I think so many people are dealing with, um, like, the pinching and the hitting and the the aggressive behaviors and just to put it out there that, you know, people aren't alone. Uh, I don't know if it's just me, but I was really feeling like, you know, my situation was like the worst situation in the whole world. And, um, I just want people to know that, you know, every, that they're not alone, That, that many of us are going through these very difficult challenges. Um, so then, you know, I don't know if any of this is worth, you know, just using. Well, we
1: or... might, you know, maybe we don't want to go back to it since we've already okay, come yeah. to fruition. But right. um, I'll, I'm going so to nail let's it move down. Forward. Yeah, let's move forward because the fact is you found yourself in a place that does have, remember you said at the beginning, you said you wanted to do this, of this witch fest and then find yourself back in a positive place so you can move forward. And hey, that's it. did. So don't, that's always the, the, you know, the, the risk when we feel like, yeah, but it was so intense, I really need to say it again. But you gotta stop when you get to the solution, and that's another piece of the solution is to say, "Hey, I just found it," and then just keep reinforcing that, keep reinforcing right. that thing that that you did find that is going to work. Which is, you know, let's slow okay. down and, and love and and uh, find, and realize that in actual fact, if you just stay the course, you did already find it. Right. You know, you did already find it. And it's just perturbing the waters. So let's just uh let's just love on him a little <laughs> bit, huh? I <How> let
0: <laughs> you do that, Sig and Way and Um
1: But if you want to hang out, I'm gonna do stories from the road so I can close the show and we can still chat. So all right everybody. I always like to put my answer inside Stories from the road. And I'm going to agree with Jody that we do feel alone. And I'm going to take us way back down the road into my past when my kids were little. And the guy from property management, I didn't even belong into it, you know, at a housing thing. It was property management of the town. And we were on first name bases. We knew each other so well. He starts walking up the drive, and I just burst into tears. I was like, I can't take it again. And people were, you know, saying her her pool gate is one zillionth of an inch to the right, and it shouldn't be because they're trying to get rid of us. Because, again, we're being petitioned out of the neighborhood because there's too many crazy kids and nobody wants us. And, you know, it was really difficult including the difficulty of dealing with the, you know, the teachers and the doctors, all that stuff. So it was really difficult. I'm happy now, people. Okay, so i in this place, right, and, and my son, who loved to break glass, I had already put, discovered plexiglass, so now we have plexiglass windows everywhere. You can't break them. You know, I'm like, we've gone through all this stuff. He leaves a bike out on the lawn. That's all just a bike on the lawn. He's not breaking anything. And somebody complains. And you know, the straw that broke the camel's back happened for me. And I I go inside, and I'm like, the property management guy and the bike on the lawn. (laughs) And I'm a total mess. And why do my kids never learn? Why can't you just put it away? (laughs) Right? And my daughter's standing there listening to me. And she goes, um... Mom and I'm like no seriously why why can't i get these boys to just not cause trouble i'm we're always in trouble and she goes mom everyone who has boys is in trouble <laughs> and i went
0: what
1: what <laughs> She goes, no, seriously. I mean, like, like you know, the guy, uh, what's that kid's name, Michael, a couple of doors down? He just started a fire in the basement and the fire department. I was so busy with my kids, I never saw any of it. And she starts rattling off, you know, so-and-so little fire, so-and-so got in trouble for pot, so-and-so hit his mother, so-and-so. And it's our whole street. <laughs> and I'm like, hallelujah, it isn't just me. Thanks. So... Jody, you're right. It isn't just us. Everybody's having a hard time. And even more so when your kids are being so property destructive or violent to your bodies or whatever, you have a big challenge. If they get a little Tourette's, you really got a big challenge. Take a deep breath. Relax. Know that there's a bunch of us doing it. I'm past that, but I've certainly been there. And every one of my kids is calm and sweet now. And just like we said, don't throw too much at them. Love on them. Take your time. The end. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad. This is a new spin on autism, Answers. Thank you for being here, because without you... Well, normally I say I would just be talking to myself, but I'd just be talking to Jody today. (laughs) Goodbye. Thank you. Stay fabulous.
0: Thank you for joining the show today. Lynette is the author of the refreshingly honest and at times hilarious new book, Miracles Are Made, A Real-Life Guide to Autism. You can purchase this and other materials by looking on the webtalkradio.net website and clicking on the covers. You can also click through to her Facebook page and check out any show you may have missed by looking in the archives. We'll see you soon for another edition of A New Spin on Autism. Answers.
1: spinning in circles and I'm talking to myself. Spinning in circles and I'm talking to myself. Spinning in circles and I'm talking to myself. I can't hear you.